the following interview. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Fifteen years of age when she went missing in Spain on New Year's Day in 2008. No trace of her has ever been found. Her stepfather Dave Mann and Amy's mother Audrey join me now. Good morning and welcome. Good morning, Pat. Let's go back in time uh, to that terrible day when Amy disappeared, Audrey. Um, it wasn't immediately evident that she was missing. No, she was babysitting on New Year's Eve and she was to stay another night the next day. The New Year's Eve, basically they were working, they were babysitting. Um, our friend's uh, mother's son, um, she rang me just after 12 o'clock which is the rule always in our house from my mother to us, to all of us. You always have to ring at 12 o'clock and say Happy New Year's Eve. And she rang me and said, Happy New Year's, ma'am. Um, love you. Don't drink too much. And I'll see you tomorrow or the next day. Um, and you never did? No. That was the last time I spoke to her. It was new, new, Well, it would have been into New Year's Day. At ten, it was about ten past twelve. Now, how long before the alarm was truly raised? Because teenagers are teenagers. Oh, they God. can be out and about doing all sorts of things. Well, we didn't even, I didn't even ring. I, she was exposed, she, she was supposed to stay the next day in her friend's house. And come the afternoon, I wasn't even bothered because I knew that she'd be in bed because they would have been up all night on the computer sure. and whatever. So I wasn't bothered about it. And the next night <coughs> we went out uh, to a private party and we were home about half nine. And she was staying the night. But just in case, I slept on the sofa. Um, she always let, forgot her key. And my patio door is very squeaky. And I left the patio door open. Uh, waiting. Woke up the next day, she wasn't there. Right, she stayed the night. Okay, that's grand. Still didn't ring her because it was still morning time, which sure. the teenagers don't do. And then it was getting late the next day and then I was going, oh, no, that later that night and I was going, oh, come on, you're messing now. It's gone too long. And I rang her mother and she says, no, she left here last night and walked home. Now we know that Amy went missing um, did you get a lot of blowback from people saying, why didn't you try to get in touch with her? If anybody has a teenager and I was expecting her and she had stayed there many times before. We had been living there four years at the time and she'd stayed there many times before. We babysat before. She rang me from the landline in, in the house. I knew she was in the house. Um, so I was happy enough and going, oh, should have rang me the next day and she didn't, but she's a teenager. Yeah. And then I start getting worried and when then when I rang and I spoke to her, the mother of the house and she said, no, she left last night. And then we start ringing our other friends and my son at the time knew where all these kids lived, which I wouldn't even know yeah. about because the two of them are very close in age. So they basically had the same circle of friends and he couldn't get any information and that's when we rang the police. How seriously, Dave, did the police take your inquiries at that point? They took them serious enough. Um, as I just said, we were sort of reluctant to ring the police because she's 15, she was almost six. They're going to go, she's going to walk. And it's the last thing you want to do is ring the police because... And the police will tell you, you feel, kids go yeah, AWOL all the time. She'll, yeah. she'll be back in a minute now and make a hullabaloo about nothing, you know. And we were actually reluctant because when you make that phone call, it's, it's, it sort of makes it real. Um, 
we made a report, it's called a denuncia in Spanish. Um, we done a report and they told us to come up to the police station the following day. That's where all this timeline people think we didn't ring for mm-hmm. a few days. And then we had to go up the following day. And um, they took it fairly serious in the early days, as in the first weeks or so, they, you know, with the sniffer dogs, okay. helicopters. And we thought this was fabulous, they're taking this very serious. It's only when we educated ourselves, like, what do you know about a missing person unless you're acting on through it? Um, it's only when we educated ourselves of, of where to look, who to ring, um, the phone records of the house that she was in. Um, like, we've never got the phone records of the house that she was in till this day. And there's an awful lot that they didn't do. As I said, we thought they were great in the early days, looking back after writing the book and whatnot, and you're reliving everything. And uh, there's an awful lot they didn't do. Um, that's now that we know it, that <coughs> she did not show up and she never did. She was never found. No one knows what happened to her. Um, but their initial search seemed enthusiastic, shall we say, to try and Very find this so. girl who was Very missing. Much. It's, it's like, like we all watch the movies and whatnot and you see people going missing and it's only when it knocks on your door, you know. When you see a helicopter, a Guardia Seville helicopter over your house, it's, it's surreal. Even yeah. to this day when I see a helicopter, my heart skips a We beat. still look at helicopters when they come over the house, yeah. you know, and even yesterday, the, because we're clo- so close to the border, you'll get the, the army helicopters mm-hmm. flying over because we live in Leitrim now. And even and I know it's stupid, but I still look out when I see a helicopter. I still, to this day, do be looking. Is it that helicopter? Is it a news helicopter? Is it the, the it's, rescue it's what's helicopter? Called a, a, it's a trigger you know? for you. Yeah. yeah, all the time. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, when... It was confirmed that she was missing. And when a child 15 is missing for weeks, it becomes deadly serious. And, you know, the finger of suspicion starts being pointed. Did you feel as the stepdad, Dave, that the finger of suspicion was being pointed at you, even though there was no evidence of anything uh, that that could have happened with your say-so? I didn't. I didn't. That was the last thing on my mind. My job was to find Amy at all costs. We, we didn't know what day of the week it was. We didn't know what. It started off with hours missing, days missing, weeks, months. And then and here we are at almost 16 years yeah. now. Um, no, that was a lot. Maybe people were pointing the finger and, and should look, you know, we... The we Guardia, when we did interviews with the Guardia Seville, we were basically witnesses. They yeah. We were never suspects, ever, ever. Was never because they knew your movements. We knew, we told them everything we did that night. Everybody knew where we were that night. We had so many people. What kind of responses did you get to the fact that she was a teenager? Some of the imagery online we all saw, she maybe came across a bit as a wild child. She's like our mother, yeah. She's a wild <laughs> child, yeah. And we all And did you get blowback day. on that account? In, in the beginning, because of the... The latest photograph I had of her was when she dressed up for Halloween, the October she went missing. Yeah. And she was dressed up as a schoolgirl. And she was going to a, a private party with no drink with our teen friends. And there was a, a lift there and a lift back. And they were just dressed up. I mean... Yeah. And that is the image, though, that persisted then because yeah, it was the it was last like, image. But that was, I was just panicking. I needed to have the latest photograph of her. And yeah. looking back, well, not even looking back, why shouldn't I put that up? Sure. She was out for a party, not drinking, with her friends, on a totally non-alcohol night. We, we were, we're here, Pat, uh, we're doing this 16 years now. And 
I can talk for myself and Orgy is well able to speak for herself but Amy's not here to speak for herself and a lot of the tabloids have crucified Amy and yeah. myself and Audrey and Dan. The worst thing to happen Amy the better for the tabloids Yeah, and we know that now but we didn't know it in the early days. Um, if she turned up in three days it's not a story. Oh no. The worst thing to happen is better for the, for the, for the tabloids and we, we're realist but um, Amy hasn't got a voice at the minute, but we have a voice. Now, because you're so familiar with Spain and the whole uh, environment there, when it was clear that she wasn't coming back anytime soon, what theories did you yourselves develop as to what might have happened to her? Well, you're hoping. I'm mean, still hoping all these years later that she ran away, but we know she didn't run away. No. That's, the, our hope is that she's on a yacht somewhere, living the high life. Uh, I'm not giving the monkeys about. I mean, about that would be the the most yeah. optimistic scenario. But we're, the we're, second most optimistic was that she was abducted and perhaps is living as a slave somewhere. That's the thought that enters my head. I mean, the the question is, if she was abducted by somebody, um, who might have done it, mm-hmm. and to what end? Um, talks of you know becoming a drug mule, that sort of stuff. What did you make of all that? That's our propaganda. That's our propaganda as far as I At the end of the day, it's basics. And I I deal more, Dave, I deal with missing parents, their their families, anyone, not just children, all the time. And it's always the basic thing. If you go back for, you can go back 50 years, it's always somebody they know. It's always somebody they know or we know. Now, the impact on any parent or step-parent of a child who goes missing is pretty profound. I talked to you around that time. Mm. Um, uh, to what extent were you falling apart? Oh, God. Turning to alcohol, suicide, uh, nervous breakdowns. I have the whole lot, been there, done that not being a holy joe or anything like that but God for some reason wants me to stay alive and I have to believe it's because I'm t- I have to find Amy because for some reason even though I I want to I don't want to walk this life but I'm still doing it. Now Dean and Amy were close in age as you say what year, impact did it have on Dean? A year and 11 months between them Dean was devastated absolutely devastated and he begged me because there was so much media. I mean, the reporters chased him up the street in Spain, like literally chased him. And he was frantic and he couldn't go anywhere. He couldn't do anything. And that's when I, relent, I relented it and let him go back at 18, which was the March after Amy went missing, to go back to Ireland because I knew had all my family there would be there for yeah. him to protect him. How did his behaviour change after Amy's departure? He was very, very depressed. Very frantic. He couldn't... He was one of the one person that couldn't give out our poster. He couldn't look at our photograph. When he went up to go to bed, he shut our bedroom door. He couldn't look in our bedroom. They Both our doors were right beside each other and he used to shut the door every night. And unfortunately... Um, Amy had a cast, Millie, and used to sleep in with Amy. So she used to stand outside the door and scream at the door so she could get into Amy, even though Amy wasn't there. So I used to open the door and then Dean used to come in and he used to close the door because he couldn't stand to look at it. So it was like 
a carousel, basically, in the house. Now, the tragedy was compounded when Dean was killed. And Dave, that's, it's, in a sense, it's down to you because you, you were actually sent to prison for this. Will you explain what happened? I won't go into too many details because it's still very raw, even though it's X amount of years ago, it's still very raw. Um, we had an altercation on the night and Dean pulled a knife at me and uh, I think, you know, the rest, um, yeah. it's still, still very hard to talk about. I was um, charged with murder. I was acquitted of murder. I offered a plea of manslaughter, which they didn't accept. Uh, I was found guilty of manslaughter. Um, what, what, I like to, what I would like to say, not that it makes a whole lot of difference, is I, I was charged and convicted of the recklessness of producing a knife, and that's the stabbing. I'd like to get that point across, for whatever difference that makes. Um, and I was incarcerated for seven years, and um, which is five years and three months in real, real time. Mm. I'd done it to the day, and um, even though prison isn't a nice place, it was nothing compared to what happened and what I have to live with every day and what Audrey has to live with every day and I'll carry that to the day I die. How was your time in Wheatfield? I met some interesting people, some good and some bad. Um, it didn't help, having it? Was, it was... Um, everybody knew me. I was their words, not mine. A high-profile prisoner, so everybody knew me. You know, that made it a bit more difficult, I suppose. Um, I kept myself busy. Educated myself, uh, open university, uh, was out in the gardens doing stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. I never wasted really much of my time. I was. Um, you had a battle with cancer? The cancer, while I was incarcerated, I found a lump in my throat. And um, I went through seven weeks of chemo and radiation. And um, I'd have to only commend the doctors in St. Luke's, the doctors and the nurses. And um, they were fabulous. It was an interesting time. I've met yeah. some interesting people in there. They're not all bad in prison. There's a few that are. There's some good, there's some bad. That's the same with, with, mm-hmm. with screws, you know, some good, sure. some bad. Um, Audrey, the, the, the most astonishing thing that people will think of, of you is that you stay with Dave after he is involved with Dean in a way that Dean lost his life. What do you say to people who say, how could you stay with the man if Dean had not had that encounter with him that night, Dean would still be alive. The way it is, we're together 22 years. We've been through everything, especially with Amy. And both of us have been hanging on to each other for Amy for so long. Dean had a lot of problems before Amy disappeared. Um, There's psychological problems. Um, he suffered from that and then he started taking drugs from her in an early age. Um, it got worse when we were in Spain because it was so free and easy and I was the dumb mother believing everything he said until I was getting drug dealers at my door looking for money when he was robbing us, um, when he was stealing the cars, uh, all other stuff. And I don't like to talk ill of him. And I'm not trying to make an explanation for what happened that night with Dean. But that wasn't the first time Dean pulled a knife. That wasn't the first time Dean produced a gun. Um, He was on a downward track for a long time. And he was such a softy. But when the drugs took over, as many people know, there's there's nothing you can do. And then it just turns. What was your reaction when your son dies 
I because of a he was stabbed by the knife, and and that your your husband's involved in the incident. I mean, I was devastated, but I people won't find this hard to believe. I could understand it because I had seen it before where Dean took a knife out and Dave had to take the knife off him before. Um, he never did anything to me, but he always had this rage in him. Yeah. Um, and I'm not blaming him. It's not his fault. So, so is it the case that you, you really only have each other now? Yes. Is that it? Do you feel isolated from, from family, from former friends? No, I still have, oh no, still have many friends and family, both of us. We're very lucky that way, especially Dave's dad, Mick, is, is my other father, or I, I do call him my other husband, because I'm sick telling the two of them what to do and when to take their medication, you know, but I, he's the love of me life apart from him. We have two dogs as well and they keep us pretty much um, sane yeah. because you have to get up in the morning and bring them out for a walk and things like that. You've both been through a hell of a lot. I mean, how do you get by every day? How do you pass your time? Um, sometimes the hardest part of the day is getting your head off the pillow. Um, I find exercise does it for me. Um, Audrey finds the two dogs. She'd probably be dead without the two dogs, the two little Jack Russells. Well, I was living in the house while Davy was in prison on my own in Leitrim. And... Um, which wasn't obviously where I'm from. And then COVID came in, so I was basically more isolated. But um, I know people think I'm stupid saying this, but the dogs, I have to get up and feed them. I have to get up and clean up. I have to get up. They, if they weren't there, I, I basically would not get up out of the bed every day. I just wouldn't bother. So today, um, how are you? You battled with the drink, alcoholism. You battled with the feeling that you wanted to end it all. Yeah. And you live with the what-ifs about Amy all of the time. And maybe there are questions you ask if you could have handled Dean differently. Would you have had a better outcome, a better life? It's always if. It's always if I had done that, if we had done that, if I'd have said that. Um. There's always ifs and maybes. Hindsight is a great thing. Um, if you could have foresight, it'd be even better. But hindsight is always, yeah, yeah that's what I should have done. And Dave, <clears throat> do you look at your life now and, and wonder, you know, at the sliding doors moments, what you could have done differently, if anything? As I just said, hindsight is a, a fabulous word and that's what it is. Only for me, it's a word. Um we're living an extraordinary life. Um, I think Audrey's words was, uh, we're in the most exclusive club in the world that nobody wants to be a member of when it comes come to a missing person. Um, prior to 2008, we had it all. We had the money, the property, the houses. Um, we had the champagne lifestyle, I suppose, um, to what we've been through now in the last 16 years. It's been very difficult. But... Um, we're still we're still doing it, you know. We're still. Yeah. And the question of whatever happened to Amy. I mean, I mentioned at the beginning that after a couple of days, the trail gets cold. After years, the trail is very, very cold. Is there anything that anybody could do now that would help resolve matters one way or the other? Well, 
hopefully it'll be a dig at somebody. It'll be a nudge at somebody's conscience. That somebody might speak up. That somebody might speak up. That remember something. Or thought, oh God, yeah, I knew him back in the day. Because it is back in the day, nearly 16 years. Um, And hopefully, and that's why she's still very much in people's mind. Because we keep pushing it. Do you ever go back to Spain? Having me back there in years. I haven't been. Dave and Audrey, thank you very much for joining us in the studio today. Thanks, Pat. And if you've been affected by any of the content you've been listening to, you can contact the Samaritans on 116123. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.